Hey there, everybody. This is Dan Trottenchak, the host of the uh, now twice weekly uh, pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. Welcome back. Um, in these unusual times, we are all headed into the, uh, hard to believe, we're headed into the Memorial Day weekend already. And this will, of course, be a Memorial Day, unlike any Memorial Day we've seen in a while. But but there might also be some uh, resemblances to a normal holiday weekend. I'm sure, um, you know, all of the retailers that are out there listening, you guys have certainly seen uh, business be pretty active in the last uh, few weeks and couple of months even with um, lockdown and shopping restrictions as essential uh, uh, employers and as essential businesses in your communities, you guys have seen a lot of traffic going through your doors. And it'll be interesting to hear once we get out of the Memorial Day weekend, uh, what traffic was like over the weekend. Um, So we'll be certainly reaching out to you guys to hear more about that. And just a programming note, if you will, is that uh, Taking Care of Business, even the Pep Talk edition, is going to be taking a holiday this Memorial Day. So our next uh, podcast will be coming out on May 27th. So for all of you that will be eagerly awaiting the arrival of the next Taking Care of Business podcast in your uh, email box or waiting for it to give you the download notification from your favorite streaming service, uh, don't worry about us on Memorial Day. We're just taking a quick day off and we will return to the regular scheduled uh, broadcast on uh, Wednesday, May 27th. Um, I'm glad you guys could all join us today, and and we have a a special guest with us today, uh, someone that I I know very well because we work with uh, each other quite a bit. Uh, Today's guest is Melanie Mowell, and Melanie is the managing editor of Hardware Retailing Magazine. That's kind of uh, her primary duty, but like uh, most folks at NRHA, she wears multiple hats. Uh, Melanie, welcome to the program. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, first, let me ask you before we dive into all the exciting stuff that we want to talk about, about how your team, you know, gathers all the news and gets it out and, and what different methods you're doing to do that. How are things going for you during the during the lockdown period? I know NRHA, we've been on work from home protocol since March 16th. So that's, that's now officially past two months um, of working from home. How's that going? Yeah, I actually uh, was driving home from the grocery store yesterday, or was it Starbucks? I forget. It was probably (laughs) Starbucks. Um, And I realized that my last day in the office was two months ago yesterday. So I was, you know, I'd run in to collect my desk stuff in my chair. So it's, it's, uh, it's gone by quickly, all things considered. Um, But yeah, I'm uh, at home with my toddler. (laughs) And my husband, who has worked at home for the best part of 10 years anyway, so it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting situation here, but we're figuring it out. Well, I I think it's interesting, you know, that, that, um, I don't think, I mean, everybody understands that people are on lockdown orders and work from home orders and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I think someone kind of from the outside looking in when they see, the news that's posted on our website or they get their e-newsletter or they get their copy of hardware retailing magazine that you know for the last couple months this has been produced by people who are all working from home and 
all dealing with the unique challenges that that represents. And and thank goodness for the technology we have access to today, because it's you know, of course, from my perspective, I could say it seems it seems seamless, but for you, it's probably been a little bit different story. But I think not seeing what's going on behind the curtain, probably most uh, readers and and absorbers of information that's put out haven't really noticed much of a difference. Has it felt different producing it? Um, yeah, it's it's felt a little bit different. I think uh, our team really strives um, with collaboration. Um, and so learning how to collaborate and, and produce a publication where everybody's working uh, in their pajamas from their living room or their bedroom or I don't know, their bathroom. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully in at least pajamas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's definitely uh, a different a different way of, of working. Um, and communication is key and in all parts. And, and we're lucky that we had set up systems um, early on just because they were convenient um, that allowed us to create this completely remote system. Um, so when the when the May issue of hardware retailing was approved and that we had done it completely from start to finish uh, remotely, that was a pretty uh, big success. So our team definitely worked really great together. And, and I honestly think communication is better because it has to be. Um, that, you know, we are checking in more often and, and saying, hey, I don't know if this works or can we say this differently? Can we design this uh, a different way? Um, so we are kind of learning how to talk to each other and communicate with each other in, in a little bit different and sometimes more frequent fashion. Um, and and so. for, for, for listeners that might not realize, you know, when you're talking about the May issue coming out of hardware retailing, that was being produced in the middle of March really is kind of when you would start production and, and that would go to press in early April. And that was, that was kind of, you know, right in the heart of, of uh, the work from home and all that. So that was kind of a, a trial by fire. And on top of producing the magazine, I know, you know, from my involvement in it, but you guys were the ones doing all the heavy lifting. There was also a huge demand to not just produce a magazine, but all that other content that ended up coming out, you know, through the NRHA website and through the, through the special COVID-19 resource page on hardware retailing. So not only did the staff have to do their kind of normal monthly cadence of getting the stuff done, but then on top of it, wow, oh yeah, there's all this other stuff we have to collect. So, so it, it was not kind of business as usual from that regard. Yeah, uh, nothing upsets an editorial calendar quite like a pandemic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when it, I mean, even when it comes to the to the April issue and the May issue, which we were producing right around um, that middle of March uh, point, um, we had all of all of this content planned that wasn't relevant anymore, um, and so everybody had to kind of turn uh, 180 degrees and and produce this content in a really short window. Um, and so that was a huge success. And then, like you said, putting together this, this resource, um, which is hardwareretailing.com slash COVID, um, that's the landing page where all of this news and, and stories are, are being collected in one place. Um, so retailers have one place to go to get all the updates they need. Yeah, and that and that I know kind of caused us to think a little bit differently about you know with our monthly print magazine that's been around for you know we we 
uh, you, you know, you say what you said about, uh, you know, nothing upsets an editorial calendar like a pandemic, but the truth is hardware retailing had, had been through that before. They were around during the Spanish influenza um, outbreak. And, and so, you know, literally a hundred years ago, whoever was sitting in your position on the magazine was having to deal very much with those same kind of conditions. And I know <clears throat> certainly there's bigger concerns out there in the, in the world right now than, than how to produce content and how to produce a magazine. But I, but I always think it's interesting because one of the things we heard early on from retailers and others throughout the industry is we need information. We need to know, I mean, part of the response, the reason the COVID page was even created was we literally had floods of calls coming in and inquiries coming in from retailers saying, what's going on in my state? What's going on in other states? What are other retailers hearing? And that's kind of always been the hallmark of hardware retailing is that is that staying connected with retailers in the field. So what are your editors and what are your team doing now to kind of during these busy times and the, and the lockdown times, what are you guys doing to kind of maintain those connection with retailers out there? Yeah, so when we when the pandemic was first um, announced, and when we kind of figured out that we needed to be a, a core place for people to go, we kind of split our team into two segments. Um, and and when I say that, our team is is pretty small, um, and so two people have have been doing kind of the core outreach. Um, right. Todd Tabor is the editor on the news side, um, and he's been collecting kind of the news headlines, um, guide, guidance from, you know, health organizations and government organizations. Um, and at the very beginning, he put together a remarkable state-by-state -state guide, province-by-province, -province, that kind of gave retailers that information they were looking for in the beginning. Um, and he's been the person to just stay on top of updates like the CARES Act and the PPP loan program. Um, and so retailers can can find those details on the website. Um, and then on the retailer side, um, our profiles editor, Kate Klein, has been talking to dozens of retailers over the last several weeks. Um, and she's collecting those stories to find out how retailers are responding in their communities um, and continuing to serve their customers. Um, one thing that comes up a lot when we talk about independent retail is this quality of agility. Um, and I think this situation has definitely proven that to be the case for independent retailers. Um, in the beginning, we weren't sure if hardware stores were going to be considered essential. Um, and so there was a lot of uncertainty about how they were going to operate, whether they could stay open. And, and once that was, that decision was kind of made early on that they were essential, um, stories just kind of started pouring in about how they were amending operations and, and kind of um, implementing social distancing and cleaning practices. And Kate's been collecting those stories to kind of share within the community so retailers can learn from their peers how to, how to continue serving. It's, uh, you know, before we got on uh, to recording our podcast, you and I were just having a quick discussion and I made a comment about, you know, how maybe things are starting to return to a little bit more adorable. And you said, I don't know if I agree with that. And it, believe me, it's not the first time that you disagree. <laughs> and, and most of the time you're right when you disagree with me on stuff. 
Um, but what are what are you guys kind of hearing now? What are what are your editors telling you about what's going on at retail and what? I, I mean, you know, obviously things are busy. Obviously, um, you know, we keep hearing that sales are up in, in, in most uh, areas and from most uh, home improvement retailers. But then again, this week a report came out. Uh, the government report came out showing that retail in general is has been, you know dramatically impacted in a negative way by COVID. So what are you guys hearing? You know, a lot of retailers are talking about, is this going to persist? Are the sales going to linger? What do you think? What are you guys kind of hearing? In the beginning, it was definitely those stories of how retailers were kind of changing their, their stores and whether it's yeah. changing store hours or putting in, you know, safety measures, mandating masks and gloves and putting in sneeze guards at registers and, they putting tape on the floors to measure six feet. Um, and, and so I think most retailers have a, a mix of those kinds of standards in place at this point. Um, and so now it's kind of just becoming, you know, how are we continuing to operate? How are we looking forward? Um, and if this is the case, um, if this is the situation, if this is how things need to be moving forward, um, then, kind of just training people to to make it work. Um, right. I think one thing that that um, we're kind of exploring is this concept of customer service. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of um, a lot of what independent retailers have been doing is before all of this is you know you take a customer to the aisle and you say this is what you need. Um, show me on your phone. can you take a picture? Um, and so with social distancing requirements, it's kind of difficult to deliver that same level of service. Um, but we think it's kind of being transitioned um, with stories of curbside delivery or, or curbside pickup and delivery services and, and just expanding customer service in a different way. Um, we had a town hall um, last week, and there was a retailer that shared a story. Um, they have just a small store in New York, and they are doing phone orders only with pickup. And so even retailers that don't have um, online capabilities, they're still kind of creating those opportunities for customers and still continuing to serve. And that's what leads to those big um, boosts in business, um, is that their communities know that these these are the people that I you know, live next door to go to church with my kids play with their kids on the playground. Um, and so you get that kind of personal support. Um, and that's what's contributed, I think, a lot to um, the boost in sales. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> was such an interesting point, because we're, we're definitely hearing, you know, in, in the circles of retailers that I'm speaking with, too, hear, hearing a lot of the same thing. And it's, it's so interesting to see, you know, and it, again, to, to reiterate, <clears throat> when we started upping the frequency of these podcasts and started doing this pep talk kind of version, it, it, you know, I, I try and say it almost on every podcast is, we're not trying to in any way minimize the, the dramatic negative impacts of what we're seeing right now. But the truth is, you could read the paper, you could turn on the news and see that the, the real, you know, human toll, obviously, that it's taking. But what we wanted to focus on on this podcast are what are those kind of stories of resilience and those kind of uplifting stories that typically come out of even some of these darkest times. And, and I think from a business perspective, that the point you're making is, is a really good one is that independent retailers agility has been 
you know, in this industry, what has, has taken them through challenging times since NRHA existed, you know, so uh, uh, 120 years ago. And, and we're seeing that now. And it's encouraging to hear what you're saying is that, is that independent retailers, even though it's kind of shaped a little bit of a different model right now with the social distancing, they've responded to it. And even with the changes they've have to, have had to make, uh, most of them are seeing increased sales. Do you think a lot of that stuff um, is going to persist after this? I mean, do you, do you think that a lot of retailers are going to say, you know, a lot of those things that we kind of learned during the lockdown time and having to operate in a different way make a lot of sense for us moving forward? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a combination of of how um, easy and if you could see me right now, you would see my air quotes. Uh, <laughs> it has be it has been for retailers to implement these solutions in a tight window um, where previously maybe um, buy online pickup in store was maybe in their one year plan or their five year plan. Um, they kind of had to make it a one month plan. Yeah. Um, and so now that it's in place, why why would you get rid of it? Um, and I think on the consumer side, it's it's kind of shown, hey, this is a convenient service, and I'm giving back to my community. Um, so and I'm spending dollars locally. Um, so you know when things do go back to normal, and you can ask for assistance in person, um, you can ask for assistance in person, and maybe also you know, at a later time, do a curbside pickup, um, or do an online order, um, or, you know, just access these, these new ways of, of purchasing. Um, and I think it'll really expand customer bases. Um, especially if we're talking about appealing to younger generations. Um, so, you know, I'm on Instagram all day, every day while I'm working. Now, wait, what, tell me exactly what is Instagram? uh-huh yeah you Sorry. take you take That's a photograph <laughs> with your phone <laughs> um but that's where that's where gen z is um and so if if you can start communicating with people where they are where they spend their time um and make it easy for them to shop with you um and you know make it safe right now for them to shop with you is the core um but in the future that safety is also easy. Well, it's interesting. It's a really good point. And something else that I've found kind of interesting out of this whole time is that, you know, we have heard from different organizations that there's been, you know, independent retailers are seeing increased traffic because home improvement's seeing increased traffic right now. But there's been organizations that have also suggested that some of the increased traffic that the independent retailers are seeing is a result of perhaps right now consumers kind of pushing away from, I don't know that I want to go into a big box that's going to be crowded and I'm not, you know, it's just maybe doesn't feel as, as safe as going into a smaller environment to do my shopping. And so from the upside of that is there might be customers right now that are being exposed to independent retailers that, maybe had done a lot more shopping at big boxes, but right now are seeing that, oh, hey, wait a minute. I can do curbside pickup at an independent retailer. I can still receive customer service, even though it's a little bit different than what it was before, but now I'm going to an independent retailer. So in, in, to some degree, this, this um, shift in shopping habits could also be a, 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 a benefit to be able to show, showcase what an independent retailer can offer 
um, to a home improvement shop. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a little bit about, you know, you talked a little bit about this concept of customer service changing. Um, and I know that, that if people are interested in that topic, where could they possibly hear more about it? Um, you know, what are some of the things that hardware retailing has coming up in the near future, uh, you know, in June, July, August, kind of some of the features you guys are going to be focusing on with this kind of, you know, uh, new editorial uh, lens? So one thing that's been surprising to me is that we've had these concepts slated um, for more than a year in advance. If people don't know, we generally have a meeting to, to plan what the next year of content is going to look like about the midpoint of the previous year. So we've known since June 2019 what the third quarter of hardware retailing will look like for the most part. Um, and, and so I've been kind of looking ahead at, at these concepts that that maybe wouldn't make sense given the current state of things. Right. Um, but with just a few tweaks, we can make them applicable. So uh, we had previously been working on a story coming up uh, called Establishing Delivery. And we were going to explore, you know, a lot of a lot of lumber yards offer delivery services um, and so talking to those operations to find out okay well how do you start a delivery service but now we're kind of getting into these details of okay how did you establish curbside pickup online order phone order delivery how did you establish all of these logistics in a very short time with limited staff having to take and keep in mind all of these oh. different safety protocols. So that story is really evolving into something that's very current and very relevant um, that people can still learn from and apply well into the future. Yeah. Um, and then the, the second part of that story, um, we actually didn't think about these two stories being related. Um, but another component of that is touching on this customer service side. We had a story um coming up in a future issue that's around this concept of um, the customer experience um and, and kind of shopping as an experience and entertainment um and that's obviously going to be very different uh, right. than we would have anticipated that story being six months ago um and so we're kind of making that the the, the second part of this establishing different delivery methods, different purchase methods. Um, and so the new customer experience um, is, is kind of the second part of that story where we're going to explore how do you still deliver that service um, and that knowledge that your teams have, um, but still respecting safety and, and, and physical distancing and guidelines and all that. So yeah, I know uh, it's it's kind of an interesting tightrope to walk because we had these discussions really early on in the pandemic of of how do we continue to provide the kind of coverage and insights that retailers need, but also shape it, let the reality of the current situation shape it. So what what you guys have done on the editorial side is exactly that. These are you know delivery. Yeah, that was kind of a, you know, a, a single dimension look at, you know, how a retailer in any time could establish that, that quickly changed now. I mean, uh, to, 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 to mean product delivery and how do I get the product from my shelf into a customer's hand is dramatically different today than it was 90 days ago even. So, so that's certainly an interesting look. Um, you, you know, it's funny that you talk about delivery 
because, you know, in a lot of ways we're kind of in, and you, you more so than me these days, but are in that uh, business of information delivery. And there's been a lot of things that have kind of changed or, or evolved even um, with the way you guys are delivering information. Um, NRHA, we just did a study and some of the listeners probably participated in the study where we were asking retailers a lot of questions about, you know, how have your operations changed since the lockdown? How, how, how's your sales performance? What are you doing differently with employees? And, and we'll be, you know, sharing a lot more of that information in the near future. But one of the things we asked was, where are you getting, you know, kind of what, what are some of your primary sources for information about COVID? And, and in many ways, it was gratifying to see that more than half of the retailers said hardware retailing, hardware retailing's website, NRHA's website, is one of my primary resources for information. Um, and so you guys have, have really kind of changed in some ways the, the methods that you're using to deliver. I mean, the medium we're using right now. I mean, before going into this, podcasts were something that I was doing on a monthly basis. Now we're doing it twice weekly. So so the kind of information pipeline is changing. How do you guys keep up with that? Yeah, it's definitely challenging. Um, I think uh, to a certain extent, um, staying active in, in all the channels where news comes quickly. Um, Todd, who I had mentioned before, uh, who's the news editor, uh, he and I are both fairly active personally on Twitter. Um, and so we get a lot of headlines that way and we can we can kind of share them quickly with our team. Um, we use internal messaging. Um, so we've created a, a specific channel to share all of the headlines that come up and, and we quickly figured out like who needs to know this headline and these updates. Um, and we're relying a lot on, on experts in the industry um, to kind of send us details and updates um, and offer their their guidance and their insights into certain things. Um, but it's just kind of staying informed um, and, and kind of knowing what's relevant um, and just using our, our intuitions and, and our, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Your nose for news. There's an old term. Your nose. There for news. we go. Yeah, but just kind of knowing uh, what retailers are looking for, and obviously insights from from surveys like like the one you just mentioned is is great yeah. to have. Um, so we kind of know what retailers want out of the resources we we create. Um, and one thing we did, we we delivered a weekly e newsletter before the pandemic that was just kind of an amalgamation of all of the headlines that. Um, that were coming out in the industry. And, and so starting, I think, Monday after everything uh, <laughs> happened, it was, it was a pretty quick, quick transition, but we, cre we kind of transitioned that e-newsletter into a COVID-19 specific resource. So all of, the, all of the news and headlines and profiles and operations resources um, that we were creating throughout the week are compiled into that newsletter. Um, so that's still an ongoing resource. Well, I, I know from talking to retailers and some of the things that you had mentioned early on, there's been a lot of retailers who have said, you know, one thing I've learned some things during this, you know, whether it's learning how to manage your staff differently or how to maybe inspire your staff differently or, or things that you referenced like curbside delivery and how to interact with customers differently and just, you, you know, using this necessity to, to invent um, new 
standard operating procedures and so on. Are there things that you think you've learned or, you know, kind of from a communication standpoint or ways to do things differently that will carry on kind of beyond this immediate situation that we're all facing? I think we all really enjoy Zoom conferences. <laughs> See, I don't know if you're serious or not. <laughs> just as an aside, I was I was very Zoom resistant, as I'm sure a lot of people in my demographic perhaps were going into this. But now coming out of this, from my own personal perspective, man, I could I, I could I can Zoom my wife if I wanted to. I could I could have a conference <laughs> with my wife if I wanted to. And, and I'm so comfortable with it now um, that that is definitely for me something that will change all this. I guarantee you I'll be more open to having Zoom meetings in the future. So I don't know if you're kidding because <laughs> or not, but um, uh, but I, I'm sure we're all a little sick of Zoom meetings right now. But that's that's something that I know will change, you know, kind of as a tool that I'll use. Um, I think I was half serious. I think uh, I think the generational divide is that this technology was not foreign to me as it may have been yeah, to yeah. people who are older than me. I won't say yeah. how many years older, um, but um, it is it is comforting um, to be able to connect somewhat face to face. And so uh, I think it's one of those where when things do get back to normal and we are interacting in person, uh, maybe it won't be as necessary to have um, Zoom calls, um, but it is nice to have that option. Yeah. Um, and it does kind of just create a better sense of community, I think. Um, and, and I think our team is kind of an exception. I've seen a lot of headlines and, and clickbaity articles about how some employers are monitoring eye activity or, you know, using sort of <laughs> different, different tools to make sure people are paying attention. And, and we don't really have that problem because everybody's pretty no. engaged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, everybody's pretty uh, engaged and excited about the work we're doing. So um, it's, it's just, you know, whenever I sign off of a call, I, I generally always tell people it's good to see your face um, because it is, um, yeah. it is when we come from a small office and, and we were already working in, in close quarters. And so this kind of brings it, brings it together again. Um, but yeah, I just think communication overall is, is just a big improvement that we've seen um, that will definitely continue after the fact. Well, and I know one thing that, um, you, you know, having you as a guest on my, uh, my uh, podcast today wasn't just an accident either because we wanted to do what we call in the business um, a tease uh, because uh, you're probably going to be hearing more from Melanie as we move forward because Melanie and I are going to begin uh, co-hosting a podcast a little bit later this year. We'll, we'll reveal more details it comes out, but on the podcast, Melanie and I are going to talk about content and hardware retailing about kind of more topical issues of the day and week and and um you know hopefully by the time we launch the the podcast that we'll be co-hosting it won't just be talking about covid all the time i'm sure it will continue to color our perspective for for a good amount of time moving forward but uh we're excited to have you coming into the nrha podcast family and uh and 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 really exploring with us another way to deliver content. 
to be able to take the stories that appear in hardware retailing or the headlines that come out in the newsletter and to be able to add some insight and perspective beyond just those, those, the, the written word into uh, kind of what, what, what in, went into gathering the information for the article and, and, and answering questions and, and, and providing some more perspective to it. So hopefully you're excited to go down that road with us, but uh, so uh, uh, that was an ulterior motive to have you on the program here. <laughs> I think it's just an opportunity for you to get a chance to talk more. <laughs> yes. What I'm looking for now is more podcast, more, more podcast time. I don't, I used to be uh, poor Kevin, our producer on these. He, uh, um, you know, he went from having to deal with me once a month doing the Taking Care of Business podcast to now twice a week. And now we're talking about adding another podcast in there. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think of a lot more stuff to say, but Melody, thank you so much for coming on and, and look forward to working with you more uh, on a podcast as we go forward. And thanks for all the hard work you and the, the hardware retailing team are doing to keep information out there. How would uh, any one of our listeners, if they wanted to kind of get a hold of you with a quick uh, with a uh, uh, quick news tip or with uh, thoughts on a story or, or maybe they just want to talk about something with you. How would someone get a hold of you? Um, they can reach any member of the editorial team by emailing editorial at nrha.org and that will get them to the right person. Fantastic. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for being a guest. I look forward to working with you again uh, more on the podcast area in the future. And uh, uh, thank you for all your hard work. Thanks so much, Dan. It's good to see your face. <laughs> Thank you.